What? What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Coast to Coast podcast today. We're going to be tackling March Madness, recapping it. Uh, today, we are joined by the winner of our tournament challenge, uh, Grip Winner. Say hello to the crowd. Yo, what's up, everybody? It's an <laughs> honor to be on the pod. You know, it's going to be a good time. All right. So without further ado, um, we're going to, you know, jump to this crazy March Madness, you know, highlighted um, by a game that, you know, not even the championship game was the best game in this tournament. So um, honestly, when you think of March Madness, you think of Cinderella teams. So uh, one of the biggest ones that we saw this year was Oral Roberts, um, a school that I'm pretty sure no one even heard of. Uh, but, you know, I believe they're from Tulsa, Oklahoma, so they're not even the biggest school in their city. Um, they were able to upset number two seed Ohio State, go on to beat Florida, uh, and then lose in a very close game to Arkansas where uh, a shot from three almost went in to send them into the Elite Eight. So I'm just going to ask you guys, uh, if anyone wants to take first, uh, what do you guys think about this Oral Roberts team? Uh, what were you thinking during the tournament about them, and uh, what caught your eye? Who wants to start off? I'm in. I yeah. can start off. Um, sure. I mean, I just – I really liked – the energy from this team. I really thought they were going to go a lot further than this. Um, and, yeah, I mean, everybody loves a Cinderella. And it was the first time, uh, I believe they were a 15 seed, yep. you know, go, going that far, which is just insane. And especially, in, like, that. this is the first March Madness we've had in, like, two years. It's, like, the most insane Cinderella story we've had in a while, probably since um, the old Loyola run, like, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Carson? Yeah, man, it was just, like, crazy because, like, I literally, like, no one had ever heard of this school ever. Like, classic Cinderella were just, like, I don't even know, like, what state they're in. And they just balled out because they had, like, a the two guards. Like, I don't even know how to say his last name, but Max just going off. And then O'Banner, too, like, just two guards. Like, that's really, like, what the Cinderella's, like, main thing is just, like, guards that can just, like, ball out. Yeah. And uh, Griffin, anything to add on to this? I mean, not really. I just love the heart from the team. Like, I always love when the Cinderella's win, you know. It was the – I think it was the first time in, like, five years since a 15-seed won. I think that was Middle FTCU. Tennessee. So, I just loved – well, well, wasn't that 2013? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, then – Was it Middle Tennessee? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I just love the, the heart team. And to make it all the way to the Sweet 16 was super awesome to see. Yeah, I mean, I think it just seemed like they were very, like, a low seed for what they were thinking of. I mean, you know, they came out there, obviously, O'Banner and Optimus were just shooting the rock out from three. And I think, you know, we got to look at Max was the leading scorer in the double in the NCAA, which, you know, to see him go out there and perform like that, why were they a 15 seed? And, you know, it made Ohio State look fraudulent as a program, especially being in such a stacked conference this year. Um over there, but um, you know, definitely a run that I enjoyed. I made some money betting on it. Uh, one of my friends actually joked about saying, "Hey, or Roberts seemed like a funny name. They're probably gonna upset in the first round." And I was like, "I'd put you know two bucks on it," and I made twelve bucks on that. So good one. Uh, but you know, <laughs> looking on Oregon State, obviously Jose is not gonna be happy about this. His rival school, but uh, Oregon State actually wow. made a very good run in this tournament. Um, behind some solid defense was able, you know, I think the biggest upset they had was over Loyola Chicago, who just came off beating uh, number one, Illinois. So Griffin, we'll run it back. We'll start it with you. What do you think about this Oregon state team in this tournament? I mean, I, 
I knew they were going to be hot after they won the Pac-12 tournament, and they just continued that momentum throughout. And I was the the Bill Walton prayer circle worked for sure. You know, they made it all the way to the Elite Eight, and I was just again impressed by the Pac-12 in this uh, tournament. So yeah, just super impressed that they could continue the momentum from the tournament. Uh, Carson, what do you guys say? Yeah, I mean, like, led by, like, Ethan Thompson, who I think really just got some great looks uh, this tournament. I mean, he was just going off, someone that I know I hadn't really paid attention to much uh, in the Pac-12, but, I mean, you know, dropping 20-plus point games and then, uh, you know, going head-to-head with those tough guards of Houston. Like, I think he was, like, really probably, like, their biggest factor, honestly, which is why they made such a deep run. And, Jose, anything else to add? Yeah, I mean, you hate to see it as an Oregon fan, but – at the same time, you kind of love to see it just to rep for the state, at least. Um, I mean, they knocked out Cade Cunningham early and then just continued to maul through Loyola and then eventually lose to Houston. But I think it's a great season overall for Oregon and putting on for the Pac-12. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, coming off that Pac-12 championship there with a ride it and, you know, put up a good fight against Houston. So, I mean, they probably would have gotten their, you know, blown out by Baylor in the next round. But just a good showing to see that potentially two – uh, Pac-12 teams could have made it to the final uh, final four. But um, yeah. going into the, you know, saving the best for last year, guys, uh, UCLA, what a crazy run. And obviously, as you guys can see on the screen, if you're watching on YouTube, the guy in the middle, Jalen Suggs, uh, ended their fantastic run. But UCLA, you know, Johnny Juzang and those guys were just a passionate group of people, you know, had to make it in for the first four in beating a tough Michigan State team who was beating a lot of solid teams in, the, uh, uh, in this in their um, conference and just overall um, a lot of top five wins for them this season but UCLA was able to you know power through it uh, beating you know BYU in the first round Abiel Christian then taking on Alabama and then beating Michigan and then just becoming within you know inches of a miss of a bank from potentially beating Gonzaga so uh, Jose I'll run it with you what do you got to say about UCLA and their run yeah, I mean, it seems like the entire Pac-12 had a great tournament except us. Uh, you know, a great game against Alabama, that that buzzer beater from, uh, I believe it was Reese on Alabama. I thought, you know, I thought at that point Alabama was going to take it and it was over for UCLA. But, uh, I mean, they battled back. You know, they've got a lot of energy guys in Campbell and uh, Hawkeyes, who I'll talk about later. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the game against Gonzaga, I don't really don't think they deserve to lose. But I think Suggs' star power is just what ultimately, you know, won the game for Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. Carson. Okay. Yeah, I mean, this is a team that, like, this is a team that besides adding Juzang, like, this is the same team I saw play my school, Long Beach. And, like, we almost beat them, and we're, like, obviously, like, not known for our basketball program. And I was just, like, just so shocked that, like, basically that same team, like, made this crazy run. But it was just an incredible run, just, you know, almost, you know, basically going to a double OT with Gonzaga. I mean, Juzang, Balda, Hawkes, Cody Riley was out there just, like, being a beast on the boards um, and then Tiger too, like, you know, just making a name for himself. Like it was exciting. I just had no idea. Like seeing them like a year ago, it's just like, I would never have guessed that that same team would like be going this far. Mm-hmm. And Griffin ended off. Anything else to say? I mean, going into that first four matchup, a lot of my friends and I at school were talking about like whoever wins that game is going to go to the sweet 16 probably. And even I was shocked that they went all the way to the final four. And I, I know this has been said a lot on the national scale, but, like, if anybody else, like, if they played anybody else besides Gonzaga in that matchup, they would be in the, in the championship game. So, like, I just love, like, how 
how much heart they played with during the tournament. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I agree that if they didn't run into, you know, someone like Gonzaga, who has three elite scores and, you know, other elite guys on their team as well that go under the radar, uh, they would have definitely found themselves in that championship game. So, uh, you know, summing up those Cinderella stories, we're going to move on to the next topic, which everyone loves, you know, the most exciting players of the tournament that, you know, come out of nowhere and make a name for themselves. Uh, you know, some notable ones, I think, in the past, uh, Dante DiVincenzo made a name for himself. Uh, coming out from Villanova, you know, their sixth man was able to have a fantastic uh, performance in their win um, in the tournament and able to give himself, you know, number 15 overall in the draft when he's really a no-namer. But, um, you know, other guys like Stephen Curry, a superstar in the NBA, have burst onto the scene through the tournament. So um, everyone's got a little list of a couple of players that they would like to talk about. So, um, Carson, I'll let you start off. Who are some players that, you know, really caught your attention during this tournament and you think got a good future in basketball? Um, I mean, I love, like, I'm not really sure about the, the translation of the NBA just yet, just because of, like, the athleticism, but someone that was just, like, so fun to watch just because, like, straight fundamentals, like, of course, Timmy just went off. I mean, like, 30-point game against uh, Oklahoma, you know, basically every 20-point game except, you know, Baylor, which exposed them and which why, like, I don't really think it would translate too much, but just so exciting because it just has, like, an old-school, like, Kevin McHale kind of game, which uh, I was, like, really enjoying yeah, uh, Griffin, you got a player you want to lame off. Yeah, for sure. Davion Mitchell, I had no idea who this dude was before the tournament. Maybe that's on me. I didn't watch a lot of Big 12 basketball, but, like, he kind of lives up to the Mitchell name. I, I'm a big Suns fan, so I watched uh, Donovan Mitchell last night, and they're, like, eerily similar. He's good on both ends of the court, and, like, he's going to be a lottery pick now after this, his tournament. Yeah, definitely. And especially, you know, how eerily similar. They're the same number. Uh, if any of you guys uh, listen along, watch him play, like Griffin was mentioning, he literally shoots the ball like him. Uh, just such a crazy thing. Uh, Jose, uh, who's a player that really caught your attention this tournament? Yeah, I mean, a guy that really uh, surprised me um, on my own team, Eugene Omarui, um, you know, played our big man role, standing at only 6'6", but was mobbing down there with the big guys like Evan Mobley. And Luca Garza, you know, um, grabbing those boards, and um, you know, he was him and Duarte were pretty much our our sole offensive production against USC. I mean, he had 28 points, um, and he had 17 against Iowa. Just a great uh, tournament from him overall, and you could tell like he he wanted it so bad, especially in that last game. He was just playing his heart out, but I mean, it sucks to see, uh, you know, for the seniors. Yeah. So uh, one of the players, I mean, actually two players I wanted to point it out, uh, two guys who really didn't have a big run or probably not going to see much uh, success going into an NBA or something like that, were the Groves brothers from uh, Eastern Washington in their game against Kansas. Uh, just looking at it, uh, these guys came out of nowhere, two brothers in college basketball who put up insane games uh, in the tournament. Uh, just looking at the stats real quick, um, 35 points for Tanner and uh, – 29, I mean, 23 points and nine rebounds for Jacob. Uh, it's absolutely insane for a team like Eastern Washington, just coming out of nowhere and putting up a fight against the Kansas Jayhawks team. But on another note, I think um, the guy himself, Max Abnis from uh, Oral Roberts, was just a fantastic player, showing up, putting on display. Uh, you know, give me a Carson Edwards vibes from back when he was on Purdue, a guy that can just light up the court with his uh, skills was good at getting to the rack, uh, and obviously it was so sad to see him miss that final shot against Arkansas because to see those guys go to the lead eight would have been the craziest thing. So um, 
definitely would have to say him. Uh, does anyone else, uh, starting with Carson, have anyone else to talk about? Um, just, I mean, just the UCLA guys, just, I mean, Ju Zhang, who, like, you know, just insane how he went off. And then also Hot Ken is, like, someone that, like, I mean, I follow, like, high school basketball and, like, kind of the rankings and stuff. And he was someone that I didn't even know about. And then all of a sudden he's falling out on UCLA. So probably just those guys, honestly, just putting on for the, putting on for the team. Yeah. Griffin, anyone else that? that that's a hot case uh, for real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm a I'm a big NBA guy, so a lot of my my eyes was on Suggs, uh, Cunningham, and Mobley. I just thought they all really had pretty solid performances during the tournament, and I thought like they're all going to translate like perfectly to the NBA. So yeah, not yeah. like the most underrated players, but like for sure, I saw a lot of flashes that they could be good in the NBA. Yeah, you take guys Suggs over Mobley, honestly. I don't yeah, know if that's a hot take or not, but that's just no. Me. I would. I, totally I think it would. depends yeah. on who it falls to. Yeah. Yeah. True. If you have like a team that's like guard heavy, like then probably just go with Mobley. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to translate a lot better. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I'll just say two guys uh, are going to go. Another guy I wanted to highlight. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, you're good. Uh, just a, a guy I wanted to highlight real quick. Um, Joel Ayayi from Gonzaga, just like not really a standout player, but just a guy who, you know, he's high energy. He has the motor, um, you know, just like a tough, gritty point guard, similar to like a, a Kyle Lowry, but just more athletic, you know, a guy who's going to do the dirty work, spread the ball around. And I feel like he'll, he'll just always have a spot in the NBA as like a backup, maybe not ever really get a, like a starting job, but kind of just work his way up as a backup and just always be like that high energy bench guy. Mm-hmm. And I think it also another guy to point out uh, in the beginning of the tournament, you know, didn't last too long in there, uh, Syracuse, but Buddy Boheim, uh, coach's son out there, balling, shooting the rock like a crazy guy. Obviously, didn't play well against Houston, but, you know, against West Virginia and um, San Diego State put on a show. So just wanted to point that out. So um, going on to the next topic of today's uh, episode. We're going to look at everyone's favorite game. Uh, we're going to save UCLA and Gonzaga for a group discussion in a minute because I think everyone can say that was maybe the favorite game they watched. So um, we'll go with Jose first. Who, what was the favorite game you watched this tournament that stood out to you? Yeah, I mean, it was a UCLA game. It was a UCLA versus Bama game. Uh, seriously, I thought Bama was going was gonna to upset UCLA. Well, at that point, UCLA was the hotter team, but Bama really came in and kind of put a stop to their, uh, you know, their dominant run. But UCLA was able to, to close it out and, uh, you know, just win it over time. And I'm pretty sure the dagger came from Hawkeyes that game, um, you know, on that kind of right, right-sided wing three. Um, you know, Hawkeyes had some big shots in overtime and, you know, defensively as well. Yeah, yeah. Um... Griffin, I know you mentioned to me before the show started that that was one of your favorite games. So anything else you got to say about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. That, that was by far my favorite game. It was really back and forth like the whole time. And then like at the end, at the end of regulation, I mean, it really showed the importance of free throws and in overtime, but the importance of free throws from Alabama losing. I thought they were going to come back and win, but UCLA just pulled through at the end. So it was super impressive to see. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and Carson, what do you got to say? What was your favorite game? Oh, obviously, besides that, you know, Final Four game, uh, the Oregon State-Loyola game, Sweet 16, was uh, really exciting just because it was kind of like a win-win for us because it was like, you know, two uh, two Cinderella teams. I guess Loyola is like borderline Cinderella because they already kind of had their year. But 
just two teams that were, you know, all rooting for to go deep in the tournament. And they just like, they showed out. I mentioned Thompson earlier. He went off for 20 points and like clinched the game with some free throws. Um, and that was, yeah, definitely one of the more memorable games for me from this tournament. Yeah. Um, just don't want to go back on it, but Griffin, was there another game that you thought that you really liked during the tournament as well? I mean, there were a lot of games. Uh, Texas, Alvin Christian comes to mind. That was pretty close. Um, uh, Houston, Oregon State. Really wanted Oregon State to win that, but, you know, they couldn't. But it was close. Uh, just a lot of games. It, the, this was a good thing. Ohio, Virginia. That was also a good game. Yeah, I just I just felt like a lot of the games were super close, super good. Arkansas played in a lot of close games. Arkansas or Roberts, that was a good game. Uh-huh. I was going to say, that yeah. was actually my favorite game of the tournament. I feel like, you know, Arkansas was a team when I was filling out my bracket, I thought was going to be a team that, you know, made a really good run, which they did. Uh, I thought, you know, they just looking at statistics-wise, they had a lot of good players, um, able to shoot the three ball well. And uh, didn't really start the tournament off uh, as well as I thought they would. You know, Colgate did give them a little bit of run for their money in the beginning of the game. But um, definitely loved really every same single game or Roberts played in was close. Obviously, you know, seeing uh, Washington on Ohio State miss that last shot. Uh, really, out of Ohio State fans pissed off or Roberts. But, you know, see them putting a fight against the Florida team who had a really good game against Virginia Tech. And then, obviously, seeing um, it come to an end against Arkansas, but it was still a solid game. So um, now, obviously, I want to bring up the UCLA and Zaga game, which, you know, I think it showed a lot by both teams. Uh, you know, hopefully UCLA can get a lot of recruits from this game, seeing that there's still a solid program out there, uh, will forever be based on their legacy. And I think it showed a lot of weaknesses with Gonzaga, which we'll get into in the national championship game. So, um, Carson, I'll let you go ahead. Uh, what do you have to think about this game, which obviously we all loved? Um, yeah, just a lot of high-level shot-making. I mean, just like, you know, there's a lot of great defense around, but just guys like Suggs, Juzang, and Hawkes, um, you know, Timmy, even Kisper, like all these guys just hitting like clutch shots, even with like great defense. And I think that's something that really, really translate, translates well to the NBA. Um, so I guess just the star power really just like stood out, just like a lot of guys that, you know, we're going to remember like from this tournament for a long time. And hopefully, you know, have like solid careers in the NBA because I think there's a lot of nice prospects over in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, Griffin, want to add on to that? Yeah, I I was super impressed by UCLA in this game. They took a lot of, like, tough contested mid-range shots, and they still kept it super close. Gonzaga was taking a lot of more high-percentage three-point shot, shot attempts and, like, more worth-it shots, I guess. But I was, like, super impressed by them. But then when, when Suggs hit that shot, like, I knew he had it at that point to be, like, a star in the NBA, but that kind of cemented my mind, like, he's going to be good. And then also, like, I just felt like the momentum from that game would carry their, them forward in the, the championship, but I was dead wrong on that. So that was disappointing. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jose, want to add on as well? Yeah, I mean, they pretty much hit everything. I don't think either team really deserved to lose, but, I mean, that boy, that boy Jalen Suggs is just cold, man. Mm-hmm. I remember That's- I was at – I was in quarantine when I was watching that, unfortunately, and just seeing Suggs, it just kind of caught me off guard. Like, oh, my God, he just hit this? Because no timeout was called. There was yeah. no suspense to build up to the shot. And he just kind of runs down the court yeah. and just hits this absolute, you know, banger from mm-hmm. three. Well, I think my one of my favorite parts was down the stretch. Um, number three for Gonzaga, Andrew Nembard, hit a clutch little step-back three-pointer. Yeah, step that back. was tough. Yep. A, a really? tough-ass move. 
really kind of started the end of that game uh, in OT, which really, you know, I loved watching that game. And I just couldn't say anything less. It really sparked my day. So, um, you know, yeah. without further ado, I think it's time we got to address the biggest point of this tournament, which was the championship game. Obviously one that Gonzaga was favored going into. And uh, looking back on that uh, was not very pretty. Gonzaga never saw themselves a lead during this game. Baylor saw themselves up 20 at one point. Uh, watching this game with my friends, I don't remember Baylor missing a three-point shot. I literally can't remember that happening. Uh, Baylor was on fire. Uh, Jared Butler, of course, had a fantastic game. Davion Mitchell, all the guys on their teams played well. So, um, Griffin, I want to know what your perspective was from this game. What do you think about Gonzaga? What do you think about Baylor uh, and everyone going forward in this game? Uh, the game overall, it, it sucked. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Uh, I was expecting a lot more from, from Gonzaga. Uh, Baylor did catch me off guard. I, I honestly didn't watch a lot of them during the tournament, but they caught me off guard. Davion Mitchell, again, super clutch, super good player, but like overall just kind of overall disappointed from the Gonzaga side. I was expecting a lot more, especially for coming from a West Coast kid. Like, it sucked. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Jose, what else you got to say? Yeah, I mean, I want to know what type of bets, uh, you know, what type of money people made off of betting on Baylor this game. Because I feel like Baylor had such an underrated tournament run just because, uh, you know, a lot of the hype was placed on the West Coast with UCLA and Gonzaga and all, all of those guys. And Baylor just kind of came in and killed the party. <laughs> um, you know, obviously they shot the lights out. Um, you know, they clamped up on defense and, and they got the job done. Mm-hmm. And then Carson? Yeah, um, like Jose said, like they just like people really underestimated like Gonzaga just like coming off such like a tough fought emotional game. Like it's really hard to like, like turn around and only get one day of rest and then come out and expect to be that sharp for a championship game. It's just like really tough to do. And also, yeah, just Baylor, like they just came out to play. The hustle was crazy. Like that one clip of I think it was T like going from sideline to sideline to contest a shot, like just like championship mentality. And also this game was frustrating just because like you know, Gonzaga's only down 10 and a half, and you're like, oh, like, that run is coming because they've done it all year, but it just, like, never came. That was just frustrating because it's like, damn, you know, like, you think the run is, you know, going to start at some point, but it never does. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, you guys got to look at the point that Gonzaga and Baylor were supposed to play in the beginning of the season um, on a Saturday in Indianapolis. I mean, uh, no, sorry, I'm looking at a wrong article here. I believe they're supposed to play themselves uh, – for the Maui Invitational, if I'm not wrong, uh, these two teams both meet up. And this is, you know, two very good um, basketball programs the last couple of years. Uh, Baylor really went under the radar last season, I believe, because there's no uh, tournament. You know, they're one of the top teams in the country. And I think, you know, it really just shows that a lot of uh, people have been comparing Gonzaga to, you know, a Notre Dame of some sorts, a team that needs to go play in a Power Five conference to prove themselves, you know. Probably looking at, you know, if they could find a way to get into Pac-12. I don't know uh, what the logistics are to get into that. But I feel like those are, you know, a place where they could go and prove themselves and show that they're not just, you know, some team that beats up on, you know, the BYUs, the Pepperdines, and so on and so forth. But, you know, just looking at the numbers in this game, Gonzaga, a team that, you know, is very good three-point shooting-wise, shot 29.4% on five makes this game, uh, while Baylor shot 10 for 23 on 43.5%. Um just, you know, just a poor performance from Gonzaga. And, you know, they're going to lose Suggs, obviously. Uh, they're losing Timmy. They're losing Kispert. You know, Kispert and Suggs are guys projected to go in the top of the lottery this year. 
Um, hopefully they can land uh, Chet Holmgren uh, with a secure from the recruiting. But, you know, looking good for Baylor as a program going on. Um, they should be able to find some success, getting some recruits. You know, people might want to come out to Waco now knowing they had such a solid program the last couple of years. So uh, before we close it off, I just want to know if anyone has anything else to say about the tournament uh, before we wrap up today's episode. Real quick, like before this championship game uh, from Baylor, like the only March Madness memory I had of Baylor was uh, that one interview with Torian Prince when they're like, how does Yale out-rebound Baylor? <laughs> it's like, well, you go up, you grab the ball, you bring it down, land on two. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, exactly. it's, it's great for Baylor as a program. Thanks. Thanks. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um. Without further ado, uh, I'd like to thank everyone for listening along today, whether you're on Spotify, YouTube, so on and so forth. Uh, make sure to subscribe. Griffin, thanks for coming along to the show today. Uh, thank you for having me. Loved your input. So um, we're closing out. Um, Coast to Coast podcast, per usual. Signing out. Peace.